0: All right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness. We thank him for his mercy, as always. There is no one like our God. We, we thank him because, you know, he keeps coming through, keeps doing great things, keeps looking after us when he does not have to. I mean, it is just amazing when we think about what the Lord does for us, uh, just really on it on a, on a daily basis. Um, the things that God does, um, for us, um, you know, there are times where we kind of just take those things for granted. And because of that, um, you know, we don't take time to, uh, to stop long enough and really, 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 at least this is my opinion here, really just, um, um, Take account of what all God does for us on a daily basis. God does so much for us, um, literally, on just even a daily basis. It's, it's, it's amazing, and we want to thank God for that. We are back in Psalms 27. Um, we are nearing the finish line of this. It has been a wonderful, wonderful study. I wish I could tell you what uh, what we will be talking about next after we finish this, but um, truth is, is that I don't know exactly just what it's going to be. It'll be whatever the Lord gives me uh, in the moment. Um, and um, and when he does that, um, I'm, I'm more than positive that we'll all be blessed um, and come away with something that we can use. But for now, what we have been given and what we are working on um, is Psalms uh, 27. Let's go ahead and start reading at verse number one. The Bible says this, a psalm of David, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, Even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, lead me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Because of mine enemies, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. Verse number 13 I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing and doing of his word. And as we have said, and will continue to say, the blessing is in the obedience. You want to be blessed? You've got to be obedient. You want to be found obedient to the will of God and to the way of God. You want to make sure that, that you're not just getting the word, getting the scripture. That's good. We need that. Okay. We all need that. We all want, should want that. Okay. But the reality is, is that that's not going to serve you. It's not going to do you and me me any good. If the only thing. Okay. Is that we are getting the word and we're holding on to it and we're not doing anything with it the word of god is meant to be used okay so you're not gonna get no benefit i won't get any benefit if i am not using the word of god so we want to make sure we want to be sure that we are that we are without doubt amen that we are without doubt um using the word of God. Now let's take a look at our text here. All right. So go back to, let's go back to Psalms. Um, uh, we're in 27 and let's take a look at, um, let's take a look uh, at verse, um, number 12. Okay. Um, and actually, um, uh, let's look at the verse number 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path amen lead me in a plain path okay that plain when we talked about this last week um, we said that this path this plain path that David was talking about All right we said that this plain path okay simply means upright okay it means when he says lead me in a plain path Okay. He's saying a path that is morally upright, morally upstanding. Okay. A plain path, a smooth path, a path that's unobstructed. Okay. Where I can see. Okay. An honest path, a a fair path, a path that's full of integrity, a path that's full of, of truth. And all of these concepts. are being discussed and are meant to come across in the language, okay, of Psalms 27 and in that B portion of verse number 11, okay? So we already know that his desire, David's desire, Lord, teach me thy way, okay? We already discussed and we said that that's a blessing, and we challenged and we were challenged with the question uh, a rhetorical question for ourselves to answer what what is it what is your what what is it that you want what is it that i want david said teach me thy way what way is it that you want now we said in in lessons past past that there are many different ways now there there are not many different ways to god so i want to make sure i clarify that and that you come away with the correct understanding of that they're not many, there are not many different ways to God. There's only one way. And we, and we, and we, we talked, we talked about that. Okay. And, 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 um, and, and so there's only one way to God, but there are many different paths a person can choose on, um, that represent the way a person lives. So there are many different paths to living, um, at least as far as what this world would consider living. There are many different lifestyles, many different ways, many different avenues that people can go in. Okay. Many different ways, many different ways, but we learned in the scripture that these are the ways of death. Anything outside that does not lead you to the Lord and into obedience to God, that is a way that is ultimately going to lead you into eternal separation from god okay and that's not something that we want okay when we say eternal separation from god what are we talking about we're talking about hell okay we're talking about what the scripture refers to as the second death okay we don't we don't want to it does there are many ways and some of them look very enticing and we said this right and and you can want to go that way but I wanna caution you, don't go that way. Don't go in a way that teaches you, that leads you away from God. How do you know if you're going in the right direction? Because when you're going in the right direction, you're gonna be getting closer and closer to the Lord. You're gonna be more and more obedient to what God says. Amen, amen. That's how you That's that's how you know that you're going in, that's one way, let me put it that way. That's one way that you'll know that you're going in the, um, that you're heading in the right direction. Now, when I say that part, okay, what I mean, I want to give some context. That's for the person who is, that's for the person who, who is not saved, and is, and, and is exploring, trying to figure out what way, how do they know that they're heading in the, right? How do, how do I, how do they know, how can they know that they're going in the right direction, that they're starting to go in the right direction and they're not totally there. OK, because eventually what they've got to do in order to get on the road to get totally where they need to be is they're going to need to be saved. But for the person who is unsaved, who is searching and is, and is exploring, how, do, how can they tell that they're starting to pick, that they are at least heading in the right vicinity? Well, as they start to get closer and closer to God as instructed and as we know in the Bible. OK, Jesus tells us very way, very, uh, very plainly that he's the only way That's very plain. The scripture teaches us doesn't make doesn't hide that Jesus is the way Jesus said, I am the way and I don't get no it, it doesn't get any more plain than that. He literally told us he is the way you don't believe that John 14, 6, Jesus said unto them, I am what the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus excluded every other path. And every I get a lot of I get I, you know I I had one of the most interesting conversations with um with someone who uh, says that they were you know um, a, a believer and um, they were having trouble believing all of the scripture. And you know you'll find that there are people who believe but they don't totally believe. They're not totally convinced. You have some people that believe up to a point. They, they accept that this is the right way. They accept that, that, that God is real. But there are aspects of the word that they don't understand. And, and because they don't understand, they walk in a way where they are not in total agreement. Okay? Jesus says that he is the way. Amen. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me some believers or believers who are so called believers some of them not really believers some of them are believers but they're struggling they don't know because they haven't had anyone to actually teach them okay some believers on different areas um, on different at, at different points on the spectrum, so to speak, of belief, struggle with different aspects of the word of God. They sometimes struggle with the more miraculous aspects of the word of God. Amen. Some don't struggle with the miraculous aspects of the word of God. They they don't have a problem with that. Some of them struggle when it comes to the doctrine of the word of God. OK, many different churches have different doctrines, but you need to understand something. According to God, the church only is supposed to have one doctrine and that doctrine is the word of God. Everything that God says, everything that God teaches, that is the doctrine. OK, many times and it's and and, and 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 it's it's difficult sometimes to explain to different people because many different people go to different seminary schools and teaching and all this kind of and they get all of this stuff. Okay, and they're taught all of these so-called doctrines and all of these different things. But but some of those doctrines that are taught in some of the the schooling systems or whatever you want to call, they're contrary to the word of God. But they have become commonly accepted among Christendom, if that may if we may use that term. And so what you have is a collection of Christians that hold to certain things that are that they have hailed as doctrine. for example Trinity is one of them but there is but and and, and 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 literally at the end of the day where does that actually come from? yeah we can go back to all of the the, 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 the the history behind all of those different things but the reality is is that go back to Deuteronomy six and four God has always taught that he is one. He's always taught that. But because you have people who have taken the word of God and tried to understand the word of God and, and aspects on their own or and have not understood some of the things that were spoken in the word, you have people who have come away with all kinds of different doctrines, all kinds of different things. The reality is, is this, it might appear at sometimes at that, that, that the Trinity is, is taught in scripture, but the reality is it is not, it's not there. God has always only been associated with the number one as far as his identity. God has always just been one. Amen. There hasn't been anything else. There are other doctrines just as well that the that, that Trinity is just one of them. It's just one of them. And you can see how people make that they think that it is. Well, you you see these God taught you see all of these different scriptures, and they seem to point that to, to all appear that way. But that's not actually what's happening. God is one. He has always. You've had some people. I've heard people say that you can't really even know God. Well, throughout Scripture, God is constantly introducing Himself. That's ridiculous. God has always want, want God has always wanted us. To know him, Amen. In the in the very beginning, the Bible teaches that Adam did what? He walked with God. He walked with God. He had fellowship with God. He had a closeness with God. He had a relationship with God. If God didn't want if didn't want Adam to know him or have knowledge of him, surely he wouldn't have been walking with him and so we have and so there are religions out there that teach that God is so far off but Jesus tells us very plain John 14:6 amen Jesus saith unto him I am what the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me the word of god when jesus brings us to th- brings us this truth and jesus is what the scripture teaches is, is that Jesus is God. That's why I can tell you. And I could say there's no such thing as a Trinity or any other type of, of division. Listen, the Bible does not allow for polytheism, which is the belief in many different gods. It just doesn't. God just, he just does not. It's all through the scripture. I am the Lord, thy God, thou shalt have what? No other God before me. God, he, he's not. He says, the, you, you have other scriptures where God says, I know not any other God. There's no one beside him. There's no one next to him. There's no one in front of him. There's no one behind. Listen, no, just one. Many times. When we are not, when we come, when we take the word of God and we use human intellection and wisdom and all of that stuff in order to try to interpret spiritual things, let me just tell you, anytime you do that, you're going to come away with something that is off. It's just what it is. It it just is what it is. You're going to have people come away thinking that you can do this and do that and and it's allowable. No. Amen. There are not many different ways to get to God. There's only one way. And the scripture makes it very plain. You have people who have different ideas when it comes to baptism. You have people with ideas with different when it comes to salvation. Some say that, you don't, you know, all you uh, all you have to do is X, Y, Z. Some say all you got to do is Z, Y, X. But really, all you got to do is go go to the book of Acts. Look at chapter two, start at verse 36, maybe start at verse 34 and keep reading. And it's very plain. But what happens is, is that when when what is plainly in front of us. becomes something that we cannot obtain on our own. Then what we do is, is we attempt to lower the bar for admission, so to speak and come up with our own way it have to be a hope see you've got to have the holy ghost you got to have the holy ghost that's part of baptism first part is the is the water second part is the spirit that's very plain that's very that's taught in scripture and we just talking plain this morning and we will we'll continue on that's very plain in scripture but then how do is it that we get all of these other folks who say no nah, that, that's not the way no nah, all I got to do is just believe or all I got to do is this or I, or I could just be sprinkled or I could just be that and I can be just be
1: this how do we get all that other kind of stuff because we approach it from man's wisdom we take what we take what was given by the spirit and then we start putting a natural gloss on it And then before you know it, you come up with something that's erroneous. And now God's
0: doctrine is no longer accepted because we've substituted his doctrine
1: for the commandments of men. Why? Because because when we approach the word of God,
0: many times the spirit of the Lord wasn't residing in many people when they approached it. And because they could not understand it, because the spirit was not residing within them to interpret it, because what was given by the spirit can only be interpreted and understood by the aid of the spirit. But when you have those that don't have that connection to the spirit, trying to understand spiritual things, then what was begun in the spirit becomes naturalized. And when it becomes naturalized, it loses its power, loses its effectiveness. Why? Because it is no longer what it was. It becomes a counterfeit. Now, many people don't intend. There are some people don't intend to do that. They don't know that that's what they're doing. Some people just wash, rinse, and repeat. This is what I was taught grandma taught me this grandpa taught me this and somebody taught me this and so on and so forth that's you know there's a whole lot of people that's gonna look let me tell you something there's a whole lot of people that's gonna go to hell
1: or that's not gonna make it going off of what grandma grandpa and everybody
2: else said each generation in the lord we should be pushing further and further. In other words,
1: there has to be a point where you, it's
0: good. The Bible teaches us not to remove the old landmarks, okay? Let's just talk, let's talk, we're gonna talk plain. We, We shouldn't be doing that, removing the old landmarks. And you, and there are some people who the old landmarks are really little more than tradition. They are not actually true landmarks that God has put down. No, they are actually articles of tradition that have been based on spiritual things. These things have been handed down from generation to generation. And there are some people who simply take what was handed down to them and they never ask the
1: question, why are we doing it? They don't go back
2: and line it up. Good spiritual tradition, wholesome spiritual tradition,
1: should always be centered and based on the
0: pure word of God. The things that we do should be based, constructed, and founded on the word of God. Not a version of the word, but the word of God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having spiritual traditions, but we must always make sure that your that the spiritual traditions that we go through and that we accept, that they are actually the things that God is okay with because there are a lot of spiritual traditions in all types of different (laughs) denomination churches and they are not
1: what God has told us to do. That's just the way that it is. I told you we speak in plain. We're speaking plain. This transcends all denominations. All Christian denominations. Now, yes, there shouldn't be any
0: Christian denomination. God only got one church. And it's unfortunate that we have different denominations because that's a result of us not being able to get along. That's where all that come from. I see it this way. I see it that way. It ain't really supposed to be all that. Nevertheless, we got these denominations, and God will sort all that stuff out. That's for Him to do. That's not for us to do. He'll sort all that out. But nevertheless, we are—we do have these different denominations, and each denomination, hey man, there are some things that they do really good that they got a hold of, and it's some stuff that they don't. And there is no, unfortunately, there is
1: no one denomination that has all right. No. God transcend denomination.
0: And regardless of your denomination, if you want to be right, you can stay in whatever denomination you want to. But if you don't do what that Bible says do, you're not going, you're not going to make. it. You want to be in this, you want to be, listen, you, you want to be a Baptist? Fine. You better do what that Bible says. You want to be Pentecostal? Fine. You better do what that Bible says. You want to be apostolic, you want to be Kojic, you want to be full gospel, you want to be this, you want to be all of that kind of stuff, fine. You want to be Catholic, fine, but you better do what that Bible says do. Because regardless of what you call yourself on the outside, and I don't
1: know why you want to call yourself something by a title that God didn't give you. We supposed to be holy. That's the only, that's the title that God has given us. I don't know why we want to be, but nevertheless, you want to be, you want, listen, you want to be called this, that, another, that's fine. But regardless of what you call yourself, you're not going to make it if you're not doing what that word says. God will save you in any denomination, but you got to do what that word says, to you got the. That's the word.
2: Is the landmark, not what you and I come up with. I would that nobody get caught up in that. Uh, and <laughs> just <the, laughs> denominationalism, ridiculous,
1: has done nothing but cause divide and 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 and, and,
2: and promote division. Would that we all just follow
1: the word of God.
2: Would that we all just follow the word of God. Many of these
1: denominations that we got, that stuff is, there ain't, that, those, those, those words are not
0: even in the Bible. Now I do need to make a correction. Last week I said, uh, I, I mistakenly said, the uh, Baptist, that title was not in the word. It is in the word, but it's not the title of a religion. John, it was called the Baptist, okay? And what I was talking about was, was the, the denominational, um, 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 t- it being used for the title of a denomination or that it being a belief system in its own. Baptist is not
1: a belief system in its own. It's not taught that way. No, the Bible teaches that he was called John the Baptist. Amen. Amen. But what we have done is is that we've taken stuff.
0: We hear the word Pentecost. And so we don't come with and and all and now we got Pentecostal and we got all this other kind of stuff. We 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 see the word apostle. So now we got to play
1: on it apostolic. We come up with all of these different things. And I'm not trying to teach again, I'm listening. You can be called whatever it is you want. Just make sure you're following the
0: word of God. And it's okay to have tradition within your church. We're not saying that you shouldn't have tradition. What we're saying is that the traditions should be holy. Make sure that you are not just wash, rinsing, and repeating what somebody is doing and what they were doing is never based on scripture. That's literally what we're talking about. Make sure that what you're doing is based on scripture and you'll be all right. Nevertheless, in our scripture, in Psalms, 27 and you look at verse 11 the b portion and lead me in a plain path he says i want to be led in a pla- in a path that is plain
1: i want to be led in a path where it's un- my view is not unobstructed
0: and then in verse 12 he says deliver me not over unto the will
1: of mine enemy now that word will of the enemy is very interesting because it has to do with craving. It's what it really kind of
2: breaks down to, craving. Don't deliver me to the cravings of mine enemies. That word
1: enemies is really just adversary. He says, deliver me not
0: over unto the will of my enemies
1: now if david says don't deliver me to the will of my enemies that means that god has the absolute right to actually deliver him
0: over to his enemies if he so chooses that's something that we and i need to think about That simply means in order for him to deliver him over to the wheel of his enemies, if God was going to do that, what that would simply mean is, is that God can simply allow the plans of the
1: enemy to become successful against David, that that's what that means. God could allow that, but David sought to avoid that. Why? How? How?
2: He sought to avoid it by way of asking God to teach him
0: his way. Because David understood that walking in a way that is different than the way of God. And remember, how do I know the way of God? The word of God contains the way of God.
1: The word of God contains the way of God. And as we begin to do what the word of God says, we begin to walk in the way of God. Walking the way of God is characterized by obedience to the word of God. You walk as you are obedient. If you are not obedient
0: to the word, you are not walking. You're walking in your own way. You're leaning to your own understanding. You're trying to accomplish this on your own. You are doing it God's way or you are walking God's way when you obey the tenets and articles uh, and instructions within the scripture. Walking God's way. To walk God's way is to be obedient. Amen. David said, teach me thy way, O Lord. He sought to
1: avoid being delivered over to his enemies by way of being found on the path that is right and authorized before God. David realized, friend, that if I'm going to be able to overcome the devices and all the things that the enemy may try to throw at me. I'm not going to be
0: able to do that by living wrong, by being on a path, living a life in a way that's contrary to the word of God. Some of you have, um, you, you, you've, man, you've just been dealing with all kinds of attacks and just things going wrong, just going just sideways. But for some of you, you are also very much aware that, yes, things have been going pretty sideways, but you also have become lately disconnected from God. You've leaned more and more into doing your own thing. You've moved further and further away from God.
1: You've become less and less Obedient to the things of God. You stop praying. You've stopped
0: praising. You stop sharing the word.
1: You stop spending time reading the word. It's become less and less. The word of God has become an afterthought. The Bible now collects dust. Maybe it
0: has a layer of dust or starting to get dusty. You don't find yourself, you don't want to be bothered with other saints of God. You don't want to fellowship, whether that's, and we understand
1: the times, whether, whether, whether that's in person or streaming or however.
2: You've become more and more disconnected.
1: And yet things are unraveling and you're trying to, and some struggle
0: with
2: figuring out why. Because God doesn't bless mess. David
1: said, deliver me not over to the will of my enemies.
0: Don't let the enemy, don't let my adversaries, don't let this world, don't let them
1: have victory over me. You listen, sin, the wages of sin is death. That isn't change. So then all sin has consequences. You cannot walk away from God and into sin and think that there will be no consequences. And some who will listen to this in the world, no matter where they are, guarantee somebody's going to listen to it somewhere in the world. Somebody's going to listen to this message and
2: this is is for you. You know that you're not living right. And you
1: have more and more disassociated yourself from God and the things of God for whatever reason. We're not going to get into the reason.
2: But every now and then, you go back. You go back
1: to the word. You go back to church. And you can
2: feel God pulling. You can feel something. And you become stirred.
1: And you know that you that it's right. You know what you need to do. You know what you should do.
2: But then, no sooner than you start to kind of feel that,
1: another voice kind of just kicks in that reminds you of,
0: whatever that reason is of why you just kind of slowed down and kind of disconnected.
1: And you start letting that voice get louder and louder and louder. And then you go back to doing your own thing. What was the stirring that you heard? That's God trying to get, that's
2: God reminding you of where you're supposed to be. There's no version of
0: this where you can do your thing and have some of God's thing and then you actually
1: make it to, God, to heaven. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Some hear the word of God, they're they
0: doing the wrong thing and what they do is they go to church and they or to wherever and
1: they hear a message that tells them about all of the blessings of God. And all of these different things. And they want that. But they don't know how to get that. Let me tell you how to get that. You got to repent. You got to go back to God. He's not going to just give you. You're not going to experience the best of God. Living the worst way possible. What is the worst way possible? The worst way possible is whatever style of living you choose that is devoid of God.
0: It does not have to look like everyone. No, no, it don't mean you gotta be all somewhere strung out on drugs. Nope, doesn't mean that. It can be, it's any life you choose to live, lifestyle you choose to live that is contrary to the word of God, regardless of how socially acceptable or not this world may tell you. It doesn't matter if the way that you live in is
1: contrary to the way God told you to live.
2: You are living in the worst way possible. Those are the ways scripture teaches of death. Those ways that are contrary.
1: They might not have you out that way, might not have you
0: out there committing crimes. And it look, that way might even have you out there feeding the hungry. You might be on rescue missions, ambassadors to other countries and land. It might have you doing all kinds of different things. And those are good, wholesome things. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, good is not good enough. You got to be right. Not, there aren't enough works that you can
1: do that will ever pay for the sins of your soul.
2: You got to have your sins washed away. There's nothing that you and I can do that will ever
1: balance the scales. But Jesus, knowing what you need, he knew
0: that you couldn't make it right. He knew that I couldn't make it right. I, he knew that
1: we would never be able to balance the scale. So what did he do? He balanced it for us. He offered himself as the sacrifice to pay for our sins. What was he doing balancing the scales? What was he doing making it right?
2: What was he doing rescuing you? And what he asks is that we acknowledge what he did. And we acknowledge
0: what we've done. And we become broken over what we've done, sorry for what we've done, not just enough to say I'm sorry, but
1: enough to turn our back on it. That is true repentance.
2: And then we become obedient to the instructions that are simply plainly laid out.
1: In the book of Acts, chapter two, start at verse 34, keep on going.
2: That's all that you, that's what he's looking for.
1: That's what we have to do. David said,
0: lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Then he says, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. Don't deliver me to their cravings, their desires. That means everything that they want to do to me. They, the word, listen,
1: Jesus told us
2: that if the world hated him, it was going to hate us. We are the world. Listen, the saints
0: of God, do, do you know why the world hates us so? Why it hates the Lord so? Why it just hated Jesus so?
1: Because when Jesus stepped onto the scene. He didn't play ball with their foolishness and their sin. And the things that the world wanted to smooth over and pass on as right. Jesus plainly showed it that that is wrong and that is wickedness. Well, if you are a child of God and you are a believer.
0: When you are following the word of God and you're walking the way of God, your very lifestyle and your very walk is an affront and an offense to this world because the lifestyle of a believer who's following the word of God, living according to scripture. So not your own stuff, but you live in according to scripture. That very holy, righteous lifestyle literally condemns any and every other lifestyle.
1: So when you are living holy and you are living righteous, just because you live that way and you walk the way of God, the world takes offense to that because that lifestyle is a very, is that lifestyle
0: literally denounces and condemns
2: what they have deemed as right. In essence, the holy and righteous
1: lifestyle brings conviction to those who live an
0: unholy and an unrighteous lifestyle. You prick the conscience of those who have chosen to live according to this world. When you live
1: holy and you, you, listen, when you, Ab- abide by the rules of God when you follow the scripture, holiness, and when you
0: talk and when you walk, living and project and presenting yourself in, in with in, in modesty and, and not being flamboyant and being all these different things that the Bible doesn't allow us to be, then you are telling the world who's very much steeped in doing all of that stuff, that what they are doing is wrong. Your lifestyle,
1: the holy lifestyle, according to the word of God, literally is a slap in the face to the world and is an announcement to them that what they are doing is wrong. Because of that, the world is going to hate you because that's why they hated Christ.
2: That's why they hated Jesus. His righteousness, his holiness, put them to shame. It showed
1: them, it it revealed and pulled off the mask that tried to conceal who they really were. His holy lifestyle condemned all of their partying and drinking
0: and promiscuity and all of this, and now you are, you mean to tell me you are a believer in Jesus and you walk in the same way?
1: Well, guess what? If you walk in the way of Christ, if they hated him, they're going to hate you. Because that lifestyle to live right,
2: it that just because you live in it, it condemns what everybody else is doing. He says, deliver me not over unto the will of my
1: enemies, for false witnesses are risen up
0: against me. Now, witness in this text is is exactly what you would think of, okay? A witness. So think of a legal witness, someone um, who is authorized to speak to an event, okay, in a legal matter, okay? They they can be considered, um, their testimony can be considered legitimate. Okay. And for legal purposes. Okay. So this is talking about a person who is authorized really as, um, to, to, to speak on a, a officially on a matter. When you are a witness, then you can speak authoritatively, so to speak on a matter. You can speak to a thing. Okay. Amen. Amen. So that, that that's keep that in mind. So we're literally talking about a person um, um, who can, who's able, authorized to literally testify in a legal setting or under oath or something like that? Okay, Amen. Now, David says, "Deliver me not over to the will of my enemies for false witnesses." Okay, that false is exactly what you're thinking—deceit. Okay, they're dishonest. All right, not not just—I mean, just they they're just fraudulent. Okay. That's what that word, that's what that false means. It means fraudulent. So he says, really, just these fraudulent witnesses are risen up against me. Now, the, when the word says risen up, what that really means is, is that's a phrase that refers to rebellion, okay? Keep in mind, David is a king. So in his, as a king, he has subjects within his kingdom, right? So David is really talking about not just, he's talking about rebellion, all right, that's within his camp, rebellion within his territory. So rebellion, he's talking about false witnesses or fraudulent witnesses who are close to him. OK, we're building a picture. And because because some of you who will listen to this, you will you'll be able to identify with that. David is saying, don't 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 let the enemy, you know, lead me in a plane
1: path. Because of my enemies, And when he says because of my because they're out there, they're waiting for me. They're laying traps for me. But I, and, and,
0: and, and if I get off road and I get all off in the stick somewhere then I'm going to be overtaken. So lead me in a plain path, an upright path, a path that's devoid, a path where I can see clearly what's on the road and what's up the way. I I don't want that other type of road. So he says, lead me in that plain path. Then he says, deliver me not over to their will, to their cravings, whatever it is that they want to do to me, however they want to try to bring me down. Why? For fraudulent witnesses or false witnesses are risen up. Are, are rebelling, and what he's trying to tell you here is that they're not just, it's not just
1: people who have no connection to you, but these are those that are potentially close to you. These would be the individuals that would perhaps be under David's kingship. He says these fraudulent witnesses are risen up. They've rebelled. They have have conceived, they they, they are plotting and uprising. They're, They're turning on me. They're turning against me, which
0: means. That at one point, they were on my side. At one point,
1: they were for me. At one point, they were with me. But now they have turned against me. And
0: some of you know what that's like to have somebody close to you who you think would be in your corner. is going to be there for you to help you out. And you know the hurt that, 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 that ensues when you find out that that person has had a hand in something mischievous against you, something that would hurt you and not help you. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. He said, these fraudulent, these false witnesses have risen up against me. What type? Such as breathe
1: out cruelty. Now, this is interesting because breathe here literally means Witness, or and if I make it more plain, when he says such as breathe out, cru- breathe out cruelty, he's saying breathe out means that they this is an individual that witnesses or re
0: or not 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 witnesses in the sense that they are true witness, but in the sense that
1: they report back what has happened, they report the contents of an event, okay? They simply tell everybody. And so he says, for fraudulent witnesses, all right,
0: people who are supposed to be authoritative, but they are fraudulent, have rebelled against me and such as breathe out cruelty against me in other words such not only have they risen up against me
2: but they have gone out and literally spread abroad the falsehoods the false narratives, the stories that were deceitful. Why?
1: They breathe out cruelty. And they, it's an, which
0: simply means an act of aggression.
1: David said they literally, fraudulent individuals have literally who were individuals who were once on my side have literally
2: turned against me and then put it out there that in any other story
1: for the purpose of hurting me because cruelty. Is an act of aggression. Okay.
0: It can be physical, doesn't have to be physical. He literally is telling you, Lord, I need
1: you to lead me in your way. Because I have false individuals who pretended to be with me, but then they turned against me. And then they made their turning against me, they made it public,
2: they put it out there. With the intent of hurting me because they knew it would get
1: to my heart, it would get to me. And see, and that's all. See, there are some
0: people that will turn against you and they will remain, it will, it'll, they don't go publicize. It's still not good. They'll turn against you, those who are for you. And it's just the an, end, and it just be between you two. But then there are some people who will, when they turn against you, they want everybody to know that they turned against you. And they do it, they make it the most public thing or they turn against and they do it in such, a, uh, uh, in such an obvious way. And they do it because their motive is simply for the purpose of intentionally hurting you. Isn't that interesting how we have those, those same type of individuals that exists today that do that and some of you who will hear this may be able to identify or know someone who's experienced something like that this type of treachery because that's really what it is it's treachery but to know that that same thing was going on in David's time it was going on way back then the word of God teaches us that there's nothing new under the sun sometimes we come sometimes one of the um Sometimes we tend to feel isolated when problems and issues come up because we feel like nobody else has ever experienced this. It's only me. Nobody else has gone through any of this. But what I love about the word of God is that the word of God represents the entirety of the human condition. And, and, and the Bible teaches us that, 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 When it tells us that there's nothing new under the sun, what the word of God is telling us is, is that, listen, there isn't anything that you can go through. That somebody else hasn't gone through something similar before, but what the, but the blessing is, especially if you are a child of God is, is that you get to see through the word of God, how God delivered his people in those situations before And what he did for them, he'll do the same thing for you. Now I'm talking to you about verse 12, Psalms 27, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. Now we're talking about What we're talking about, the nature of what that actually means, but the solution to all of that is actually what David gave before that, it's actually what is found in verse 11 Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Why, because of my enemies, when he says that, all everything that comes in verse number 12, if David is led in the way of God. If he's walking on the path of God, then all of these things, as treacherously treacherous as they may be, having people who are close to you turn on you and then be so vindictive and evil-natured about it that they want to publicly humiliate and tear you down, David is showing you that it is walking in the way of God. God that allows you and I to overcome these things. Why? Because it's what allowed him to overcome. These things are meant for our learning. Every scripture has a
1: purpose. And I, and sometimes when you're reading the Psalms, the solution doesn't come after the
0: problem is stated. Sometimes in so when you're reading the Psalms and you're studying the Psalms, the solution will be herald first, and then the problem will come second. And that's what you're seeing here. Verse number 11 is actually the solution
1: to verse number 12. But the ordering of the scripture has the solution
2: before the problem. And if you think about it, it makes sense.
1: It makes sense because not only is it a common way of writing things or, 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 or
0: putting things down on paper, this, it, it's, that's commonly used. But if we move away from,
1: from that and just make it a little more every day.
2: When problems hit and occur,
1: they sometimes occur well after
0: I have had a prayer meeting or I've been studying the word and I've actually gone over scriptures that I didn't realize at the time were the ones that I actually need to overcome the situation that I'm presently in. Sometimes the problem, when the problem comes, you're meant to go back and remember what the solution is. Sometimes God will give you, there are some situations that you'll get in. You've never been in it. You don't know what's going on. And you you, you just sit like, you're like, wow, man, I'm in I'm in no man's land here, right? And what will happen is, is, is that in the process, as you walk and you stay faithful to God, you don't run out on God because the, because the going get tough, okay? You stay with God. But as you go, God will reveal the answer. You didn't. You, he will give it to you after you encounter the problem. But sometimes you will get in some situations, and God won't give you the prop, the solution after. Or in other words, give it to you in the sense of that you had you had not had it before, or He had not given it to you before. But sometimes you'll get in situations. And it won't be God giving you an answer or solution that you never had before. Instead, it will be him reminding you that he had already previously given you the solution. So if you think about it, the ordering of the scripture here where David gives the solution before he gives the problem, it really kind of mirrors the way things actually play out in real life. There are times where God has already given us the word that we need. Then a few months or some days or something happens and we run into a situation and we're like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? And you're you're just having the worst of time. But then somewhere you start to have a talk with Jesus. You start to have some prayer time. You start to open up the scripture. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to bring back to your memory that he told you something in a prayer time that he had prepared you. He'd already given you a word.
1: I'm telling you, man, there is nothing like
2: the way of God. Sometimes God comes to the rescue. Once you get into a situation,
1: but many times God preemptively comes to the rescue before you even get into it. It's just that we don't know what situations
0: are going to occur down the line. So we don't know at the time that God has just given me in
1: my prayer time today. I don't know. I don't, I'm not always aware that God has literally just given me the solution to tomorrow's problem. And so in those days, what does the Lord do?
0: The Holy Ghost reminds you, brings back to your remembrance those things that God has taught you. Or in other words, those things that he has taught you because the Holy Ghost is God. God brings back to your remembrance what he told you in yesterday's prayer time. See, this is why it's important. Don't listen. Keep up.
1: Your prayer time. Keep up your studying the word. Discipline yourself to search the scriptures regularly.
0: Set aside a specific time, a designated time, or whatever it is in order to study the word of God and to read through the word of God.
1: Set time aside for prayer, whether you are, listen, it doesn't matter. Your prayer time doesn't have to be the same amount of time as mine. Just have prayer time.
0: Set it out. Set it aside. To regularly read the word. Don't wait till you get in trouble and situations to start reading the
1: word. Read it during times where things are going well. Because I submit to you that if you will do that. God will more often than not prepare you in the times of plenty for the times that are lean. God will give you tomorrow's answer today. That's what we're talking about. Teach me
0: thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty brothers and sisters i hope that this blesses you i hope that this will inspire you to read the word of god continue in your prayer don't let that go but also to do the right thing and to turn to god repent of your sins if you know you got something going on i don't need to tell you you already know if it's you and if it is you it's time to stop fighting against god it's time to surrender repent of your sins for true and for real Turn away from the things that God does not have pleasure in and turn towards God. You don't have to know how to walk in a different direction. Just turn in the right direction. Turn towards God. And I guarantee you, he will bring you down the road. He will take your hand and he will lead you because that's who Jesus is. That's what he does. He will not leave you abandoned. But you cannot have God's way and your own way. You have to choose. God bless you. Until next time, when we meet again, we will pick up and wrap up Psalms 27. Amen. God bless you. And until next time, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here.